0: mom-to-mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair.
1: We're really glad you're here. Welcome back to season five of the mom to mom podcast. We are only a few episodes in, and I am loving the lineup of topics we've chosen, ladies, before us this season. Kate, Jamie, and I, we are here today talking about the little years. And although we have all graduated or semi-graduated from those days, we walked through them for a very long time. If you were to take all the years, we were in the little years together. It is a lot. And the conversation is never dull or old when we remember or re you to the table to talk about those very formative and busy, crazy years. Girls, when was the last time you spent any time with little ones on a daily basis?
2: Oh gosh, for me, I mean, it's been a long time. You know, I, I had just one daughter, so I never had that, the same thing that you girls had. I just never had a house full of kids. But with our grandkids, I kind of get a sense of what that's like, because there's six of them now. One's just a tiny baby, but it's, you know, I can understand better the chaos, especially she has four boys. Mm-hmm. The boys are loud, you know, and having one girl, then suddenly there's these grandchildren I'm going, oh my, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a different species than girls. So it's been interesting though. I'm not, you know, I never had that day to day, but getting a glimpse of it. So I, I know how to pray for my daughter. <laughs> Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. <laughs>
0: Well, my youngest is 10. So probably, you know, five or six years it's been since I've had the sort of energy depleting preschool years. I try to be mindful to have young moms over quite often because I never want to forget how hard those years were. And I I know I was poured into by some older moms to give me some respite care that I so desperately needed. So I, I want to turn back and return the favor, but in September, you're kind of still in the thick of it because, yeah. you know, you, your youngest, I think is even younger than mine. And then you daily have grandkids around, don't
1: you? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's what I, I was thinking when I was saying semi I graduated, like we are youngest. Uh, when she was in the little years, we started having grandchildren. So then as she grew a little older, then all of a sudden we have little kids around still at the same time. So I've never really left those seasons uh, of having little kids in the little years and they're around all the time. And it really makes me remember and appreciate what's like when they go home, I'm always thinking about it because I didn't forget. And I feel like our podcast, like this conversation, because of the different generations that we are and we represent I feel like that's a gift to us to share with our listeners because it's important to remember it's important to not forget what other moms are going through so
0: but has your perspective changed at all September now that your grandkids are coming back you know you you still have the same amount of energy in your house but i would imagine that the years have given you maybe a
1: calmer outlook on it or Mm -hmm. I don't know. Can you speak to that? Right. I think my older daughters have actually said something to me about that. Like when we're around and the kids are doing stuff and I'm completely oblivious to it, or I'm just, you know, giving them hugs and kisses when they're (laughs) not. And and I can see the tension in my older kids, you know, as their parents trying to be, keep them collected and keep them calm and keep them, you know, organized and, 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 and movement and everything they do. And I just have a different way of seeing things now. I see it so differently than when I was in the little years. And so sometimes I I will share, You know, I think my perspective and sometimes I won't because I think we all need to just find our way in it. But I would have absolutely loved if someone had been present and said to me, September, I think they're just trying to, or have you tried this? Um, So there are really, it's really a great perspective for me. And it also helps me remember, but I love it in the chaos, but I do get very tired a lot more easy, a Mm -hmm. lot easier. you know, I get tired and then they go home. So it makes me really remember to pray for my older kids with Mm -hmm. their kids in the little years, because it is exhausting.
0: I've often thought when I see just the absolute, um, spiraling of activity when young moms come over I've often thought you know I wish I could just have the courage to say it's it's gonna be all right like we Mm -hmm. don't have to hold things so tightly but then on the flip side I think you know I think my adult child my soon-to-be adult teens have turned out so well and yet was part of that turning out well because I focused so intently during those years. And in telling a mom, oh, it's it's gonna be fine, it's all gonna work out fine, am I sort of negating some of the really good energy she's putting towards these early years to maybe reap the harvest of really, really well-adjusted, God-fearing, God-loving, people-loving kids? Like I don't, I haven't parented long enough to really make that decision, but I don't wanna be so flippant to young moms to say, oh, you know, just tamp, dial it back a bit. You're you're really wound too tight. It's all going to work out fine. Because I do feel like it's going to work out fine. But I wonder mm-hmm. if it worked out fine because some of that was
2: yeah. you know, very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and I think to remind them too that they had them for such a short time and especially those little years, you know, the days are long, but the, the years are short. All of a sudden that comes to an end. They will get past that stage. But like you said too, you know, to have empathy for them, for what they're going through and not, not just say, like you said, Jamie, that, oh, this will pass. It's such an important time. That's the time you can really pour into them. I think, you know, those are those years that are maybe even more important than the teenagers, because by then they're grown and a lot of things are set. So this is kind of the time where you can mold them. You know, they're more of a soft clay, you know,
0: why why do we call it the formative years what what is so significant about those particular years versus others because you know we're all in new seasons now and i feel like these seasons are really important but i do think that there's something about those first say five mm-hmm. years that there's a reason we
2: call them formative right mm-hmm. well i think because that is when we're molding them that's when they're watching us and seeing well how do mommy and daddy handle that are they do are they acting like they're telling us. It's so much more important, I think, for them to see us do what we say, what we tell them to do, to be kind, to be generous, to be honest in our lives, to not, you know, like I say a zillion times, what you model, they will follow. They're going to do what you do. And uh, uh, Mike was reminding me that, you know, once a a child is a teenager, a lot of this is set. A, A tiger can't change their stripes. You know, so the things you're pouring in, the things about the Lord, getting them excited about following the Lord, about reading their Bible, about learning those stories, a lot of that's going to come when they're young. But I, I think just personally, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up very differently. I didn't grow up as a Christian, I didn't know the Lord, you know, a lot of criticism, all that. But yet I was able to change once I met the Lord. So it's not a lost cause, but at the same time, I wouldn't wish that on any child. I I would say, you know, try to pour in now so they don't have to figure it out when they're 25, like I did.
0: Yeah. I think it's important that, you know, we don't want to be doomsdayers and forecast doom on anyone, but science Mm -mm. does show that 80, 90, 80 to 90% of a person's brain development happens before they're five. And and actually the majority of their character and their personality is really set by the time they're three. That's not to say that, you know, through God's redemptive work and Christ's work um, through a person and the Holy Spirit sort of refining and that sanctification process cannot change someone. I mean, I didn't come to know the Lord until I was 15, but it is more of an uphill battle when you um, don't have this moldable clay anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, I'm thinking that whoever's listening to this conversation is thinking, this is a lot. So you're telling me I have to fit all these things in in the first so many years because it's (laughs) such a formative time. So I just want to pick one thing. Let's all pick one thing. If you could pick one thing, because, you know, there's a list, I'm sure. One thing that we'd recommend that they focus on in those little years instead of thinking about all the things. For me, I think I would say to focus on um, intentional time with them. Even if you're a working mom, that you, the time you have with them is very intentional that you look them in the eyes and they know your presence, that they have a good security. And I think that's a really important formative thing.
2: That is important. And I think for me, the big one is be very careful with your words. I did not grow up being told, Hey, you've got a purpose. Your life, God has a plan for you. You can not do anything you want, but you're going to do the thing God's called you to do. So I think words have incredible power. The the word says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what do we love? Of course, we love life and speaking words, speaking truth over your children. How does God see them? Let them know from the time they're little that they're loved, that they're, cared for, that God sees them. So for me, just because I didn't grow up with words, that is a critical one, I think, that just be super careful how you speak to them and what you say.
0: I think I'm going to take it in a different direction, thinking about like the long term of my years with them as a parent, I think it's really important for young parents to set boundaries that have longevity. And what I mean by that is if you don't want your, you know, teenagers to be in a bedroom with mixed company when they're teenagers, don't allow it when they're 2 or 3. You know, obviously siblings would be the exception, but I feel like so often as moms of young ones, we think, "Oh, well that's just cute," or that's just silly, or Or we let things slide when they're little. And then we try to tighten the reins when they're teenagers. And what we're confronted with is a lot of rebellion and bitterness because they're like, well, wait, that wasn't a rule five years Mm -hmm. ago. Why suddenly is it a rule now? I'm still the same person. So like, you know, if you don't want your 16-year-old to wear a tiny little bikini to the beach, maybe don't let your two-year-old do it. So I think just as a parent looking ahead with maybe some proactive visions so that later you don't have to have reactive
2: responses. And I would add one more thing that just being super careful with the culture, with media, social media, what are we exposing them to? What, are we, what do we have on the TV? What do we allow them? And I think we got to be really careful and know their maturity before we let them Have any kind of social media or exposure. They're going to have their whole life to be exposed to this world and all the ugly that's in it. So just being super careful with what do you allow? You know, what are you exposing them to? Because that sticks with you.
0: Yeah, they're Hmm. little consumers. And I would say, you know, on the flip side of that, hey, they're little consumers. They, during (laughs) this grammar stage, is what we would call it in sort of like the trivia of trivium approach to learning. They, are memorizers they consume Mm -hmm. huge portions of knowledge during these years so so capitalize on that and i think this is a great time to you know encourage them to memorize scripture to learn the Mm -hmm. truths of doctrine and theology and they might not truly understand the gravity or even the even some of the vernacular in certain scriptures but that will not return void scripture promises us that so if you can get that ingrained in them when they're little to just memorize the truth of God's Mm -hmm. word and who he is and what he has done. Then later, as they get into some of those other stages of the learning process, they'll be able to put that knowledge to good use. Um, It might not mean much to them now, but it will someday. So, you know, we can can be naysayers and say, oh, they're consumers. But hey, I think that's a good thing if we're directing that consumption in
1: good ways.
2: Right.
0: Free. They're free, y'all. And who doesn't love free? If you're looking for that perfect gift for your tween or teen this Christmas, look no further than the Gab phone or Gab watch. You know how much I love these regular phones that look like a smartphone, don't you? Phones and watches that let your kids call, text, and play music, but aren't connected to the internet in any way. Giving you access to your kids while keeping the shady internet at bay. Well, right now, during their early Black Friday sale, you can snag any device for free with a two-year contract. But wait, the deal gets even better. If you use promo code mom mom at checkout, you can snag any accessory up to $20 in value for free. So that's a free phone or watch, plus a free accessory just by using promo code MOMTOMOM at checkout. Head to GabWireless.com. That's G-A-B-B-Wireless.com to learn more or to get in on this early Black Friday sale.
1: But don't you think that moms in the little years sometimes see it as survival? Yes. Like if I can just get through these years, if I can just get through these years, like those are survival words. And so when we give suggestions to moms in the little years, I'm wondering if they're thinking, oh, that's just one more thing that I should do. That's one more thing. And I'm barely getting a shower or I'm barely getting them to bed at night, or I just want a full night's sleep. Like those are the realities of the little years. And a lot of times they feel like they're always correcting and they're always the bad guy and they're always teaching. And I just wonder what we can do to encourage those moms. Like if we could just give them something to hold on to, because they're using the terms and the verbiage, if I can just get through these years, well, let's do that. Let's say, here's a word of encouragement to get you through those years.
0: Some of that, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, girls, because we've all sort of got, walked through the little years in different decades. Oh, yeah. And I look at this generation of young moms, and I think one of their biggest struggles, and and Kate, you touched on it, is that humanity was never meant to care as deeply about everything and everyone as this generation feels um, is important. And part of that is because we're living in a fishbowl life when we see everything happen on social media. There has never been a generation that has felt so pressured Mm -hmm. to be certain things, certain ways. Um, And I think we can easily make a composite person in our minds of all those other moms, you know, all of a sudden it gets lumped in Mm. as one mom. You know, this mom over here is doing this thing with her toddlers. This mom over here is doing that thing. This mom over here is saying those words. And all of a sudden, all of those moms get lumped in as like one mega mom. (laughs) Perfect mom. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you really only see what people are doing online. Yeah. You don't actually see what hasn't been done in their mm-hmm. life. And so you can easily think about all the things that you're not doing. Yeah. So I think that's that we as, you know, older moms, I'll, I'll use that word for myself. <laughs> we need to remember that they, that young moms, like no generation before them, have yeah. some pressures on them that, you know, we didn't necessarily really? experience in those early years. Would you
2: agree with that? Oh, I would. I mean, I didn't have, you know, there was no Facebook till my daughter was 18. There was none of that. So it was a very different world. But I think one thing we all have to remember, children are a gift. You know, the Lord says that um, children are a blessing from the Lord. Blessed is he who has a quiverful. I can't remember exactly, but that's really important to me that, that if we can remember that even on those hard days when, you know, with three and diapers and all of that, just to remember it, it is a gift. It may not feel like one right now, but it truly is. And what you're doing now is so important. And you're forming these kids into the leaders that are taking over one day, you know, these are the future. So if we can just keep that in our mind that no matter how hard it is, is, they're still a blessing, even when they don't feel like a blessing because they're having a tantrum or whatever, but there's, they still are no matter what.
1: So what about when they are having a tantrum? Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that real quickly before we go today, because everyone's thinking you're talking about, you know, all the wonderful things, but I, yeah. my kids are naughty or my kids are really <laughs> stretching me or my kids have these habits and I don't know what to do because they are little, which makes me think this is why we call it the formative years because yeah. they there is a lot more correction required yeah. in these earlier years than when they get to be middle and teens. When they're in the middle years, those are adjustments and changes and addressing topics. But I think the most correction comes in this season. And, you know, just for the sake of time, I just want to say that we all need correction, right? But I think when they're little, um, moms just are trying to figure out how to do this well. So they're not doing it all the time. Like, you know, I I talk to moms of littles every day and they say, I just feel like I'm following them around, telling them no, 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 all the time. Um, So my biggest takeaway for today would be to just say, if we can change some of our approaches in parenting and motherhood to our kids in the little years to be proactive and to address those things before they get to be a problem, it really does, I'd say probably cuts out 75% of the correction and negative moments, really kind of be proactive in the parenting before there's a problem. What do you think of that? I agree.
0: And I actually want to hear some specifics from you, September. I'll give two, um, mm-hmm. to just some tangible handholds for moms who are listening. Two things mm-hmm. that, that at least worked for me um, during those years. One I always had a little treasure box. I got it at a thrift shop and I filled it with tiny little trinkets, stickers, new coloring books, whatever. This was not a bribery box. And what I mean by that, I never said, if you do this, or if you don't do that, I will give you something from the treasure box. There's a difference between bribery and just a gift. You know, God gives Mm -hmm. us good gifts. And so to us, this was a gift. When we saw the positive behavior that we wanted to reinforce, we just randomly said, you know, hey, son, I really, really liked how you picked up your toys after playing with them without being asked, why don't you come and pick out a treat from the treasure box? So that we were reinforcing the positive behavior that we wanted to see. And it, it was sort of a, a way to steer away from always having to say no, 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 and all the negative. Again, it wasn't a bribe. It was less about stopping the negative behavior and more about reinforcing the positive. The other thing that we did, and we actually still do, um, it just looks a little bit different in the teen years, is we have a child of the day. And because I had five kids, kids, it was really easy to just assign them each a day of the, the school week. And I said, you know, when you're the child of the day, you have both privileges and responsibilities because they they go together. So maybe the responsibilities were it, it's your day to help mom in the kitchen. It's your day to help mom with laundry, but you get to sit next to dad at dinner time or you get to run out and get the mail. So I always tried to pair a privilege with the responsibility because I feel like that really reflects how life really is.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, Jamie. I see in this culture, a lot of moms wanting to be best friends with their kids. They want them to like them or whatever. And I I think that can become a trap. We are still the authority in their lives. And I remember when Franny was little, maybe four years old, she was mad about something that I had not done. She'd thrown a tantrum, the whole thing. And she looked at me and said, mommy, I don't like you. And I said, you know what? That's okay if you don't like me, but you still have to obey me. And I didn't want to just be, of course, we've become friends. But when she was little, she had to know that even if she doesn't like it, still, there's going to be requirements. They're going to be <clears throat> things. But I love your idea, Jamie, of rewarding good behavior rather than always saying, that was wrong. Don't do that. You know, here's, what you've, here's where you've messed up. But I also feel like we still have to be that authority.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to close with my two ideas for today. And one of those is to prepare your kids ahead of time. And I think I said this earlier with the understanding of what good behavior looks like. I think sometimes we assume our kids know that they can do X, Y, Z in the grocery store or behave um, or act out a certain way and then we're shocked at their behavior because we haven't talked about it we haven't prepared them we haven't taught them at home what it looks like to be attentive and and everyone that listens to podcasts knows that my heart is to work on character in the heart and in the home and so those are things that we did so one some fun things to do on that is to pick a virtue or character a week and we did that with my kids growing up and we would put it on the refrigerator and we had a reward system and a a time where we would talk about it and when they were attentive or diligent with their little chores or things like that were kind and gentle and grateful. That would be a positive thing. They would get a reward or there would be, you know, a talk about it. and everyone would celebrate that so that they recognize and understand what's coming and how they behave. A lot of times we try to prepare our kids when we go to the grocery store and say, "I want you to be good, you be good in here. I don't want to have to, you know, bring you out. And it's always this um, threatening because we're in a panic state of what might come. And so I like to think of it like we're going into the grocery store. Remember what we talked about at home. We're going to stay together. We're going to be kind. Remember, we can have a little celebration if everyone has a great attitude today. And not to say this is going to curb all bad behavior. But I find it really does cut out a lot of the guesswork. So I think sometimes we just forget we have to prepare and teach our kids in the calm moments um, what it looks like to be good instead of trying to correct them in the conflict moments.
0: Practice and model. And Mm -hmm. actually, one thing you do really well, September, is to give them the verbiage, you know, not just saying we're going to be good. What Mm -hmm. does that even mean? Mm -hmm. You know, to give them some specifics. What does it look like to have good character in a store? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, we forget our kids don't know. I mean, it's taken a lifetime for us as adults to study what it means to be good. (laughs) So, well, today in our show notes on the website, we will link up some of our favorite practical hands-on helpful tools that we couldn't discuss today in our resources, as well as ideas to help you bring the word and good character and how to help you through life in the little years. If you listened in today, we are hoping for a deeper conversation and more encouragement in your motherhood. And if you would like that, write us a note, send us a message. We are all here to talk more to you as mom to mom. And you can find us more on Instagram, our website, Facebook, and of course, we always appreciate your kind reviews on our podcast app. So mamas of littles, remember to be present, make time to refresh yourselves and your life and remember nothing is wasted.